Convex makes storing your application's data as easy as using React state management. If you can use React hooks, you can also manage your backend data using Convex. James Cowling is a former Dropbox infrastructure engineer turned startup founder. James joins the show to discuss how Convex offers a simpler, full-stack developer experience than the tools developers use today, without many of the compromises of other alternatives. This episode is guest-hosted by Jackson Gabbard, a longtime Facebook product engineer who is now the CTO of Cord, the SDK for collaboration in any SaaS tool. How's it going, everyone? I'm Jackson, the CTO of Cord.com. We make collaborative products. In fact, we make an SDK to make other SaaS products collaborative. And today I'm here to interview James from Convex.dev to talk about React, to talk about client-side application development, to talk about single-page applications and backends and how those things come together and how to make a fantastic developer experience around that. I got questions and I believe James has answers. Uh, James, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi there. It's great to be here. It's actually my second time on the podcast. And so last time I was on Software Engineering Daily was a long time ago talking about a very different topic, which was big storage systems and a protocol magic pocket at Dropbox. So my past life is an infrastructure guy. I spent a lot of time building big infrastructure Big storage systems, you know, multi-exabyte storage systems or multi-million query per second databases. And now I'm the co-founder and CTO of a company called Convex. And we can go into more details about, you know, how I kind of made that journey or that transition. But a lot of that flowed from just recognizing that the platforms that infrastructure teams were building were not really meeting the needs of application developers and that we could do a lot better to actually empower people to build stuff. As a front-end engineer by background... This speaks to my biases. This speaks to things that I have found frustrating and things that I want to see the industry sort of evolve towards. Convex is an interesting product to me because it's taking different pieces of the stack and sort of rebundling them and saying, this is the sum of the developer experience that you need to account for. But I have questions about this because some of what Convex is solving for has already been solved for. For instance, Firebase exists. Amazon RDS exists. You've got cloud functions. I mean, I guess the sort of devil's advocate question I should probably lead with was, does Convex need to exist? Isn't this a solved problem? I think Convex does very much need to exist, but this is a great question because you're asking about the right platforms there. So to start with, what even is Convex? So Convex, the way we describe Convex is a platform for global state management. Essentially, if you're a web developer, what this means is Convex is uh, some libraries you can use to build your reactive application, so your dynamic application that allow you to interact with data via functions that you write in, say, TypeScript or JavaScript. We run these functions server-side for you. Anytime data changes on the server-side, we dynamically update your components locally. So if anyone wants to try this out, you can jump on convex.dev and try out our demos there. But Convex is really a platform designed to obviate the need for a backend or thinking about a backend. So we're basically the serverless platform for data management or state interaction. So why does Convex need to exist? So I think there's been some real great momentum around this move to serverless. And you see this in platforms like Netlify, Vercel, where developers are saying, look, I don't want to think about caching. I don't want to think about running servers. I don't want to think about hosting a developer workflow even. I don't want to think about code pushing. But these platforms, where they kind of fall short a little bit is when it comes to problems of data management. And from my perspective, data management is the hardest part of building an application. It's like, how do I make sure... 
I can change data on the server. How do I make sure I update my application when the data changes? And how do I make sure it's correct in the presence of multiple parties interacting? And so typically the way that problem's been solved is by using a database. You either build your stack from scratch or say you have a serverless application. And behind the scenes, it's either talking to maybe Firebase, maybe Postgres and RDS, maybe talking to Mongo. And these platforms are great because one, you don't have to run your own instance of a database, which in itself is a hassle. And I've run those teams at Dropbox and can tell you that, that reliably running databases and maintaining backups and doing all these things correctly is extremely difficult and people shouldn't be doing it themselves. It requires specialized expertise to do it properly. But they don't go all the way there to actually solving the development need. You picked a few examples there. One was Firebase and one was traditional relational databases. The Firebase versus a traditional database argument is pretty well established. Firebase is really easy to use and databases are not. And so Firebase allows you quite a convenient developer abstraction. It scales for you. You have to think about defining schemas. It's basically schemaless. You get indexes by default. You know, Firebase is kind of a very easy ramp up for new developers. But the thing that we hear very commonly from developers, I've rarely heard developers say Firebase sucks when I'm getting started. Now, this is great. This is really easy to use. But I almost universally hear, oh my God, I'm going to have to move off Firebase. It's just not going to scale. When we think about the word scale, we shouldn't necessarily think just number of servers or number of rows. It doesn't necessarily scale with regards to your business requirements, right? So if you need to have relations, like an actual relational model that is generally required by most large data modeling problems, you can't really do that well on Firebase. If you need to have schema support so you don't actually write corrupt data or you can do schema migrations, that's not available on Firebase. There's a much bigger problem, which is how do you link the data on the database to what is shown in the browser, and so this is what we're calling state management <laughs> as opposed to just data in a database, st state management, right? So as a React developer in my own right, this is a problem I've faced full stack. So I've been in the position of, in a previous life, I worked at a laboratory automation company. We had a very, very complex client-side React application that had very, very complex state. And so we needed to manage that in the client. And then we also needed a network pipe of some sort, and we had to choose between the different API options, whether that was going to be a REST API or GraphQL or what have you. And then we also had the exact same problem on the server. We had to run our own server and decide which libraries we were going to use. And then we also had to decide which storage solution we were going to use. And each one of those things had a zillion trade-offs, a bunch of different pitfalls, a bunch of different, oh, you use this Postgres library? Oh, that's the terrible Postgres library. Don't use that Postgres library. You got to use this one. It doesn't have as many features, but it doesn't crash as often. I'm curious. I mean, it sounds like you're saying, look, Convex solves all of that. Our goal is to make, large extent, infrastructure teams or backend teams a thing of the past for most applications. I think our goal is, yes, you can use Convex and have better performance or higher scale quantitative differences. But I think there's a qualitative difference as well, which is just like developers can build stuff they wouldn't otherwise be able to build. And one thing I observed, I was at Dropbox for a very long time, for eight years, building a lot of infrastructure and very, very comfortable running big systems, very comfortable writing backends. And when I left the company and started exploring building products of my own, I was just shocked at how hard it was to do so these days. Shocked that I had to all of a sudden think about what Kubernetes was and think about orchestration framework or look at the 200 plus, I'm not sure how many there are, AWS services to figure out what to use. So what I wanted as a developer is just for those problems to go away. 
there's a bunch of problems I don't want to think about. The second is that it's not good enough for me as a developer for those problems to be solved on the back end. So it's not good enough just to have an API that I talk to, a database that I talk to that just runs reliably. What I want is that to go all the way through to me as the developer on the front end. The silly example we use a lot, but it's easy to articulate, is how to build a chat application in Convex. So I have a chat application. If you think about how that would look like on a browser, it's maybe it's an ordered list with a bunch of list items and each is a div and it has a, a message in it. And so the, the classic developer flow would be, hey, send a request to the database, fetch the, the latest messages, iterate over those messages and render a div. Now, the way you would do that in a traditional database is to poll. You have to maintain some kind of cursor and you say, here's the last message I saw. And every time you poll periodically and see, hey, has a, a new message shown up? And you do all the state management yourself. The way it works in Convex is you write a query that says, query in, by the way, TypeScript or JavaScript. And that query says, hey, you know, give me all the messages where channel ID equals five. And we bind that over a WebSocket to a React component. Anytime something changes server-side that would update the results of that query, we just send the results over the WebSocket, automatically re-render that component. So I can speak directly to this because at Cord, we do the exact same thing. And in fact, we offer some collaborative components. And the intuitive sense of how difficult it is when we talk to companies, they tend to think, yeah, like we need to write our own stuff here. We'll probably roll our own thing. That's usually the companies that are early in their journey on this. And companies that have spent the first three months of developer time doing this, they say, oh, this is really hard. This is really hard to get right. I'm thinking about the full scope of like the product experience and everything. But if you zoom in just on how do you get the right chat messages onto that page when a new chat message comes in or when the person has closed their laptop and opened their laptop up an hour later, I'm curious, like, are those problems solved inside of Convex? They are. And absolutely, it's a hard problem. And this is, you know, it's where I think about the relationship between a database and an application. It's all well and good for your database to provide serializability. If in the process of you interacting with that database, you violate those consistency properties, you have no guarantees left. So the database can be as correct as you want, can be a linearizable distributed database. But if in the process of me polling the database or reloading or merging state, I end up screwing up and showing the wrong data in the wrong order on the screen. What matters is the client experience. What matters is what the customers see. So there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes in Convex to solve these problems in ways that we hope the developer doesn't need to think about, doesn't need to care about beyond the fact that they just work. And I can give you an example of this. So if you imagine we have this concept of subscriptions in Convex, so you can subscribe to the result of a query and you get updated dynamically whenever the result of a query changes. There's different ways to design an application, but you might build an application where you have multiple components, say multiple React components. Let's so say you have three components and they all have independent subscriptions. And I'll, to make that more concrete, maybe let's say we're building a task management app and one component is a list of projects and one component is the list of tasks in that project and maybe one component is a list of users in your team, something like that. If those are separate subscriptions, it's entirely possible for them to refresh in different orders in ways that provide an inaccurate view to the user. So if, for example, a task shows up that has a, a user owns it, but that user hasn't been received yet by the user component, you're going to have an anomaly in client view. And worst case, there might be foreign key relations between these components. You might have a component that pulls down all the tasks and has a user ID 
for the owner of each task. And then you go look in the user component to look up the, the thumbnail or something, some user information. If those components aren't updated in lockstep, you're going to an error on the client side. And where developers really trip up is when they start trying to handle these problems manually. It's extraordinarily difficult to handle interrelated like data dependencies between components, right? And this, and you have stuff like Redux and Recall. I was just going to mention this. That's actually where these frameworks came from in the first place. I mean, React as a framework came out of Facebook because Facebook had such a hard time keeping all of the different like badge locations and unread counts across the different surfaces of the UI, keeping those things in sync. And so the React framework is trying to solve that. But React only knows the data that has been loaded into the client. It doesn't know what's on the server. And if you tell it the wrong data, it will show you the wrong data. So it sounds like Convex is saying, yeah, but let's take that same guarantee and move it all the way back to the database. End of that thread there was that Convex will actually guarantee that every component is updated in a consistent order. Convex will guarantee that every component is refreshed according to a consistent snapshot of data on the server state. So everything's serialized over the same WebSocket. We make sure all those components are related. Now you can go and put Redux on top of Convex, just great, right? Depending on how you want to structure your actual state management across components. But Convex provides these guarantees all the way from server side to client side to provide like a, a very sound building block for how you manage state client side. It's my personal belief that that these problems can't be solved just client-side and can't be solved just server-side. You can have this full kind of end-to-end, kind of, I guess, full-stack approach, right, where you have the client library, you have an actual database on the other side, the database is running your queries written in TypeScript in a V8 isolator or whatever, server-side, and tracking data dependencies, et cetera. And so you have that full end-to-end data dependency graph that I think without that, you're always ending up in corner cases where state's quite difficult to manage because of this breakdown of consistency. So this leads me to a question about performance. If I think about things like keeping many different tables synchronized on the database, well, that's what databases are for. They keep that synchronized. You know, the transactions exist, all the consistency guarantees of databases. Take it through the server first, then through the network pipe, then through the client-side deserialization, then ingestion into the client-side data model, into the in-memory representation inside of the client-side app. The thing on my mind is like, doesn't that have to be slow? Doesn't that have to be a laborious process? And like, aren't you going to be re-rendering your app constantly because of all of the different changes? That's a really deep question with a lot of different kind of avenues in which we can answer it, right? So if we can kind of pull out maybe three subtopics from there. Is the kind of rendering React flow efficient or not? Then there's the, will the database scale? And then there's the question of like, are your applications designed for performance or not? And we can kind of cover those separately. I think maybe I'll start with the third one, if that works for you, and cover all these topics. So the question is like, is your application designed to scale? So one of the things we chatted before this call, the concept of the edge, the word the edge, it's thrown around a lot. A lot of people don't really know what the edge is. What is the edge? I guess there's a lot of companies, you know, compute at the edge, storage at the edge. What that means is, you know, you put servers all over the place, close to browsers, and you run stuff in them. And why do people care about this? Well, there's this kind of existential requirement that to have an interactive developer experience, you need to be talking to a server that's milliseconds away. And certainly having servers close to the end user developer is helpful, right? Convex you know, supports distributed caching, et cetera. But far more important than proximity, speed of light proximity between the browser and the server is how the application is developed. 
And so if you write an application with request waterfalls, and for folks who may not know what a request waterfall is, so a request waterfall is a situation where you do one request, get some data back, read a field, now you know information for your second request, and you might do seven requests in a row, basically. And so you might end up designing applications where, and this is a big problem in Firebase, for example, where you can only do really one database query at a time because the requests are going from client all the way to server. And this is a problem with Mongo as well. You have a situation where these request waterfalls can lead to kind of existentially bad performance. So I don't truly believe that it matters whether a request comes back in 5 milliseconds or 10 milliseconds or even 30 milliseconds. But it certainly matters if your request takes 5 seconds or 2 seconds. And the biggest factor that contributes to that latency is not speed of light. It's the architecture of your system. So one of the things that you can do with Convex is write a complex query in TypeScript. So you can send one request to the server. That request runs server-side, can fetch all sorts of rows, you know, it can be a thousand lines of TypeScript if you want, bundles up your results and sends them back to the browser in one round trip. Yes, it's great when that happens 10 milliseconds away or less. It's far more important that that can happen in one round trip. That's just something that designing a system like Convex where you're actually sending proper programs to the server to issue your query really helps a lot with performance. Mm. I'm glad you bring up performance because you even mentioned Firebase and Mongo. These things are in my mind as I think about this. So I've built some apps on top of Firebase before. And for those of you who have been in the hustle for a while, I also built on top of Parse uh, before Facebook bought it and then killed it. And building those applications, performance was not something I thought about at first. And then whenever I needed to productionize my application, whenever I needed it to actually go somewhere, performance was something I suddenly cared a lot about. And what I often found was I could not make it fast. In a traditional database situation, if I've got a slow query, often what I do is I look at the composition of the table and I figure out what index I'm missing and add the index and yay, it's fast again. But it sounds like in this case, you probably wouldn't have that degree of control. Like uh, how close to that sort of uh, performance control do you get? Yeah, so the first thing I'll say is that the way you've described your development process is, I believe, the correct process. When you're building an application, you first just think about building the damn application, right? And not thinking about performance. And there's so much waste of time out there, people prematurely optimizing things that don't matter. So we want people just to build an application in the way that's most ergonomic and, and makes the most sense. And so a big kind of cultural belief at Convex is that this kind of idea of week two versus year two. We need to make sure Convex is very compelling for the developer on you know, day two or week two, and also very compelling on year two. And so what's the difference between those two? The difference is on day two or week two, you need a good developer experience. We need to actually accelerate development by making it very fast to build applications because we have a very convenient ergonomic development API. But for Convex to be, continue to be useful into year two, that's when stuff like performance matters and scale and reliability my belief is that you know convex is really designed to scale and you know this is my belief based on building and operating the systems for many years in the past so the very first point you brought up was indexes if you look at our documentation today it doesn't mention indexes we have indexes internally we just haven't launched them by the time people hear this podcast they'll probably be out convex does support um composite indexes has from, from the beginning we have a lot of features kind of in the wings that we're kind of rolling out to kind of really target what developers want right now. Oh, that's exciting. That's a Software Daily exclusive. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming out soon. <laughs> Stay tuned. So Convex has full support for indexes, just not exposed to the API right now that's currently released. 
they'll be out very soon. Indexing is, is a big one. Then there's just scale. Can the system scale up? There's probably not time in this podcast to go into the, deeply into the architecture of Convex. I have a talk on YouTube out there if you search for Convex CMU, where I give a talk about the architecture of Convex at the CMU database talk season. And Convex is designed such that you know it, it can scale horizontally. We have a timestamp oracle that assigns transaction timestamps. Everything's run on a, on a consistent snapshot. We use optimistic concurrency control. Basically, the system is designed so you don't have to think very deeply about the scale for your application. You have to think very deep about how to think about locking contention, et cetera. We have indexing. We have the system's designed to scale out fairly arbitrarily. We have caching as well. And so one interesting thing in Convex is because we're actually executing the query for you, we know exactly what the read sets are for that query. If you write a, a complex function, which may do a lot of reads, we track all the inputs that went into the result of that function. So we know all the data ranges, basically there are dependencies for that function. So we can cache that data. And as long as none of those data ranges have been invalidated in the meantime, we can just serve that same data immediately without rerunning that request. We've had people ask before, you know, hey, how do I cache data in Convex? And the answer is you don't. I mean, I guess you could if you wanted to, but if you start caching your data, we've probably failed at our job because our job is to make you not have to think about these things. Right? We handle caching because we know what your code is doing. I've got a million questions. So for folks listening, my back, I, I was an engineer at Facebook for a long time. And because of that, I know a lot about just how important a good cache strategy is. But I don't think we have time. We're deep into this podcast now. And so I, we probably need to bubble up. I, I do have one more question for you. And this might be fishing for what's off the edge of your roadmap. As I'm looking at Convex and its current product offering, I'm thinking this is fantastic. And the you know the real value proposition for me would be like cross-platform. Like, can I do this in my React Native app? Can I do this in my Swift app? Can I do this in my Kotlin app? Like, uh, blink twice if you're going to build these things. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think it's giving away too much about our business to say that our initial target market is React developers. Initial target market is typically React developers who are building an application. Not the first time they've built an application, but they're building a new application. They want to use the Convex stack. And I think that's the market we appeal to most directly right now. Our ambitions and our expectations are to expand significantly beyond that. And so there's obviously very easy to apply Convex to frameworks like Svelte instead of, of React, et cetera. So that's kind of easy, kind of no-brainer stuff. React Native actually works just great on Convex. We've built some React Native apps internally. There's someone building a React Native app right now. There's no official support for React Native. Also, interestingly, and this is something that comes up to me a lot when I talk to job candidates when I'm interviewing folks to work at Convex, is the people that's maybe even surprised to hear, the people that get it, just like truly get the Convex mission straight away, is oftentimes very senior infrastructure people who have seen this stuff go poorly before. People who have been around the industry long enough to be, you know what, I was on this team and we just didn't solve the need of our product developers. And so there's a lot of folks on the infrastructure side, more back-end folks who are like, I would absolutely love to use this internally. I would love to use this for building internal applications, for doing workflow, these kind of applications. These also make a ton of sense and, and actually very compatible with Convex, but just not something that's out right now. What is the essence of what Convex is and what it's not? Convex is a platform for running complex queries on a database, being able to track changes and dynamically update and subscribe to changes. And Convex very heavily depends on pure functions. So the, you know, these mutation functions you write, all these queries you write are pure functions such that we can easily cache them. This technique bridging state management from 
API all the way to backend database can be applied to a lot of domains. But our focus is right now on, I think, the industry that needs this the most is React Web Devs. This is the industry that's so deeply tied to state management and updating you know, and showing state to users. I wondered about this, actually. I just want to jump in with a quick question here because... As somebody who has seen large scale, you know, I've worked in the deep, dark bowels of Facebook's infrastructure going all the way back to about 2009. And in that world, the challenge of this is extremely clear to me. I can see just how daunting of a challenge this is from an infrastructural standpoint. So I can see why it would be easy to sell to them. But I'm curious, if you're a React dev, on average, you don't know that stuff. It's not even on your radar, like the eventual consistency problems. So I guess what would be the one or two things that would make a front-end React-savvy person go, oh, of course I would use this, not whatever else there is? Yeah, absolutely. This Sometimes I think that this is kind of the eat your vegetables pitch. No good to go around to development teams and saying, hey, use this, because if you don't, eventually it's going to be really hard to do blah. Eventually it's going to be really hard to manage consistency or eventually you're going to need schema. By the way, we haven't launched our schema management features either, but that's coming out soon as well. So it's all well and good to go to people and say, hey, trust us, use this. That's not the game I want to be in. Right? I want to be in the game of making people's life better now and then have them be really happy with the product over the lifecycle of their application. So the pitch I have today for an application developer is if you're someone who is great at building static applications, who has built dynamic applications but in conjunction with a back-end team or with other folks you've collaborated with or that you've built projects where you've just spent a lot of time doing that work. We have a developer who I love the other day said, I think his quote was, building a back-end sucks all the joy out of building a product. <laughs> and if you're folks that either didn't feel capable of doing this because you don't have the domain experience of building a dynamic application, or certainly you have the domain experience, but you don't want to, or you've stopped short of building an application because it's been too much of a hassle, I think you'll find that Convex is really, really accelerates your development process. And that's our pitch. Our pitch is not like, oh, hey, use us because it's a better design or that it's going to scale or that's reliable, or it's built with very sound infrastructural principles. All those are true. But the pitch is, if you use Convex, you'll build your stuff faster. Or you use Convex and you'll build things you otherwise wouldn't have bothered doing. This is just amusingly, even our employees here have been building all sorts of little applications that they never would have bothered. You know, like even stuff like, you know, one of our engineers built a book club application for everyone can vote, nominate their books and vote in the books and does the scheduling and stuff. And these applications that people just wouldn't have otherwise built because it was just too much of a hassle to do so. So I think our real pitch is ergonomic pitch. And, you know, the feedback we want from our development community, because we do, we're very engaged in hearing what developers think about Convex. We'd love people to try it. The feedback we want primarily is around ergonomics is around you know is this a platform that really accelerates your development process this makes a ton of sense i have what you just described i am that person i have started a bunch of little projects and thought yeah it'd be so cool to do this for instance i'm a puzzler i keep wanting to build a kick-ass puzzle site and i don't have the time i don't have the time to figure out the data schemas and to set up the databases and get coordinating the deployments i don't have time for it and something like convex is deeply appealing to me for exactly this kind of use case of like yeah yeah go from zero to it works if you say it's something that i'll be pleased with two years out i'm like okay all right you, you got my attention i'm, I'm, I'm listening we, when we've talked to teams building on convex now a lot of them um, have this inclination to try to, to optimize hey like should i write my queries in a different way so they're faster for you to execute our response is always, no, no, no. 
build things in the most ergonomic way for you and allow us to solve the scale problems. And that's absolutely the vision that we have or the dream that we have is the application developer just building things as if you were prototyping locally. I think one of the, the initial operations for the company is when you're first prototyping an application on your laptop, you know, you're talking to a, a fake version of a database and it's not multiplayer because it's just you, you don't have to think about consistency or reliability and all these things. It's a very ergonomic developer experience. And then you have to, oh my God, now I've got to think about distribution. Now I've got to think about multi-user. Now I've got to think about reliability. And we want to kind of be the platform where you just build the thing that you would have built locally and you click deploy and then you, you go out to lunch. I love it. So I think that's probably a good point for us to wrap this up. I don't know if we should go any deeper. Do you have any other thoughts that are just burning in your soul? You must get into the air on this podcast. No, I mean, I think you, you capture it really well. I guess one of these thoughts also is kind of my mea culpa to the development community as a infrastructure person. And I know we talked cover this a little bit earlier, but thinking about platforms people have to work with these days. There was once upon a time, because you know I'm a little bit older than many developers, back when you wanted to build an application and you, you rolled out a LAMP stack, you just deployed a Linux server somewhere and then you just dumped Apache on it and MySQL and you're off for the races and it was done. You could build an application in an afternoon. Now, yes, sure, it wasn't global scale, etc. These days, the platforms people have available to them are just bewildering. And I think, I mean, we picked on Kubernetes earlier. Look, Kubernetes, great platform for infrastructure teams at very large companies. And this kind of pattern of taking a technology that exists at Google, which, by the way, is a multi-trillion dollar company with guessing hundreds of thousands of engineers, and then exporting those and providing them to a one-person team, two-person team just trying to get their job done is insanity for me. People shouldn't be building applications like Google. These problems are hard to solve, so I'm throwing shade on the infra community. But I just don't think as a communist we're necessarily we're build abstractions that really make problems go away for end-user developers. And so you know, what motivates me as someone who's inhabited that space, and, I, and like you've also inhabited that space for a long time as well, is really trying to like take the power of, say, infrastructure and apply it to making problems go away f- for application developers and not complicating the things they have to think about. Very nice. No notes. I completely agree with this. I will stop short of picking on my favorite sort of big tech company exports that no one should ever touch. So, so James, thank you for coming on the, the podcast. Super, super excited for Convex. Super excited to see where this product goes. Excellent. I really appreciate having you on. I had a great time. People can go check out convex.dev, sign up. The beta waitlist is very, very short right now. I'm processing them very quickly. So I'm sure we can get you on the platform very quick. Fantastic. Thanks, James. Thank you.